Hello and welcome to the special edition of Christmas Movie Spotlight. I'm your host, Dawn Mack, and I'm here with my friend, co-host, and colleague, Pam. Hey, Pam, how are you? Awesome. How are you doing? <laughs> well, probably <laughs> about the same. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> One can only tell. <laughs> well, we got an exciting show for you today. Today, Pam and I are so excited to bring you our special interview with best-selling author Terry Wilson. Terry has authored many books, of which several have been made into Hallmark movies, such as Unleashing Mr. Darcy, Marrying Mr. Darcy, and The Art of Us. Terry also has written the book Sleigh Bell Sweethearts, which was adapted for the movie Northern Lights of Christmas, and it'll premiere Saturday, December 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and stars Ashley Williams and Corey Seaver. We are so excited and honored to bring you our interview with Terry Wilson. Enjoy the show. What was the name of the first book you ever wrote, and what was it about? And that includes non-published ones. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. The very first, <laughs> I had to thank you for a minute. The very first one I ever wrote is not published. It will never see the light of day. Um, and it was called Chasing Paisano. And it was a YA, a young adult book about um, a girl who was fascinated with a racehorse who ended up suffering a really bad injury. I wrote that right around the time that Horse Barbaro um, won the Kentucky Derby and then had the really catastrophic fall in another racehorse. And they were rehabilitating him, and eventually they had to put that horse down, which was really sad. Um, But the Mm -hmm. book was about a girl who had also, she was a dancer who had suffered a leg injury and just formed a special bond with this horse. Um, And like I said, it was terrible. I mean, I I submitted it to a couple of places who, you know, gently pointed out the the many problems that it had, which is why I said it'll never see the light of day. But it was an important book for me to write because that it taught me how to, um, how to finish a book. I mean, that's how I learned how to how to finish a book because starting a book is really easy, and a lot of people start a book, but finishing is the hard part. Finishing is still hard for me after 20 books or however many I've written, which is a lot, um, but finishing is always hard. So, um, so, yeah, that was the first one. Well, you know, in, in hearing you describe this book, I'm kind of, of course, I'm going down the Hallmark Trail, but I'm thinking – you know, you could so rework that because I'm thinking like the horse right. trainer could meet the girl who's injured and they it could be this great love story. I could just see this all playing out on Hallmark, <laughs> in the Hallmark movie. Oh, yeah. Maybe you need to rethink that, like, Harry. <laughs> she had um, <laughs> like a little love story going on with the veterinary student who cared for the horse in the hospital. So it was sweet. Well, it was a sweet story, but I would have to completely rewrite it. I mean, like from oh, scratch. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that, well, thank you for sharing that. And, um, well, um, I want to know what made you decide to become a writer and how long have you been writing? Um, well, I've always um, had a big love affair with books because I'm an only child. And um, when I was 
younger, when I was a kid, I was really shy, and I just read all the time. I mean, that was my thing. And um, when I wasn't reading, I was drawing and writing and stapling pages together and putting together my own books and magazines. And it was just being in publishing or being in writing, you know, being a writer was something that I just always wanted to do. And um, I wrote, you know, in school, in high school, I wrote for my high school literary magazine. Uh, And then um, when I was an adult, I worked in publishing. I worked for National Geographic in their school publishing division. I worked in the art department. I was an art buyer and design assistant. And then I just started writing, I guess, about 10 years ago. The first thing I ever really wrote um, was a Bible study for people who love animals um, because I was teaching a Bible study at my church, and I'm a big animal lover. And I was looking for a Bible study workbook um, about animals in the Bible, and I couldn't find one. And my son, who was in middle school at the time, said, well, Mom, you should write one. And so I just thought, oh, well, there's no way. you know. But I did a little bit of research, and there was a lot. There was a lot of material. And so I, I wrote one. I wrote a workbook, and I sent it to a small publisher who published books on pet loss. And um, they published it. So that was my first published book. And then, you know, I just really started writing things after that. I was writing a lot of short stories. I kind of always thought that I wanted to write a book like Black Beauty, some sort of like animal classic book, which is why I wrote that Chasing Paisano manuscript. That's just kind of where I was headed. But I was writing a lot of short stories, and I entered a short story contest sponsored by the American Kennel Club. And um, the only rule was that, you know, it had to be a certain length of a story and you had to have a dog in it. Um, And so I submitted my story to that contest and the editor of the magazine called me to tell me that I had won third place. Um, And she said, but I really wanted to call and tell you, you know, I wanted to call and tell you personally because I really wanted to ask you an important question. And I said, okay, what is it? And she said, I wanted to find, I wanted to talk to you and find out if you realize that you're not writing animal stories, you're writing romance. And I said, what? And she said, everyone in your, everyone in your story is like falling in love. You know, the people are falling in love. The dogs are falling in love, 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 love everywhere. (laughs) And, um, and that is kind of, that was kind of the moment that it clicked for me that, that she was right, you know, and I hadn't really realized it until that editor pointed it out. And, um, and then, so I started the very next day, started plotting out romance, stories and romantic comedies and that is just really where my heart is and that just really is when everything kind of clicked together wow oh that is that's amazing incredible you know to think where you started and not realizing where you would end up kind of thing it just kind of like happened totally by accident almost you know Mm -hmm. it's crazy Well, I'm curious to know how does an idea become a book? Like, what's your process? And do you do like you see in the movies where people go to be by themselves, you know, in a cabin somewhere to to write out this book, or what do you do? Um, Well, no, because, I mean, I have a lot of deadlines. I would have to, like, be the Unabomber and live in that cabin forever (laughs) if I had to be by myself like that. So... That's not my process. Um, um, uh, uh, So how does an idea become a book? That's a good question because a lot of people ask me, where do you get your ideas? And ideas are the easy part. You know, it's turning an idea into a workable plot, you know, a workable book that's actually the challenging part. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm inspired by a lot of things. I told you I'm an animal lover. Unleashing Mr. Darcy was inspired by my dog Bliss. Um, I'm inspired a lot by, I like to travel, so I I go to different 
places and, you know, when I might visit somewhere and think, oh, this is beautiful, I'd love to write a book here. Um, usually I start with the setting um, and with the characters. There's usually someone, you know, a, a person, someone who does something. Um, like my new book, The Accidental Beauty Queen, it's identical twins who switch places. One's a librarian and one's in a beauty pageant, and they switch for the course of the beauty pageant. Um, I got the idea for that book because I judged the Miss United States pageant last year. And when I was there, I was like, oh, I really want to write a book set at a beauty pageant. Um, and so it usually starts with just like a kernel of an idea like that. But you have to come up with, you know, characters who are very real. And you have to think about what their backstory is and what their goal is. And, the you know, the external goal of the book, like what is going to happen in the plot, because you can't just have two people who are going to meet and fall in love. There also has to be something happening in the book, like in Unleashing Mr. Darcy, the dog shows are happening, or in Accidental Beauty Queen, the beauty pageant is happening. And so you just have to make sure, you know, you have two well-rounded people, an external plot that's happening, an internal plot that's happening, because they're usually falling in love if it's one of my books, um, and then a dynamic setting. So once you get all those elements, then you can kind of make the little kernel of an idea work in you know and fit into a, an actual project oh and my my process um i can write anywhere there's a cupcake bakery in my neighborhood called bird bakery i've been going there for seven years since the day that they opened um i do a lot of writing there um if i'm on deadline and i need to get a lot done i usually write at the library because i don't want anyone to know where i am and now if they're listening to this they're going to know that's where i go so i shouldn't have said anything <laughs> I know. I'm not giving away the branch. Um, <laughs> but then sometimes, and, you know, sometimes I write at home. You know, sometimes sometimes I just I write at home. But, you know, there's, um, I mean, I do write at home a little bit every day, actually. But um, at home, sometimes there's more distractions because, you know, the TV is here. My dogs are here. You know, there's more excuses to get up and, you know, do something else. But, but the cabin thing, I mean, I do have um, a really strong group of writer friends that I'm friends with. You know, we, we all write romance novels and um, we get together, you know, every couple months, I guess, you know, um, you know, we'll go maybe rent a cabin somewhere and have like a writing retreat weekend. And for a couple nights, we just all go and we write during the day. And then, you know, we'll help each other plot stories, you know, and sometimes maybe watch a movie at night. So, um, so I do, I do like the cabin thing, but I just, I just can't do that every day because I mean, writing, right. writing is like my job. I write every single day. So, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, now, is there any difference in writing a book for Harlequin versus like a general book? You know what I mean? Like something not Harlequin. <laughs> um, not for me because um, all my book I consider all my books to be romantic comedies, really. And so they're pretty much all the same. And, you know, Harlequin, I think a lot of times when people hear the word Harlequin, they have one certain type of book in mind. Um, and Harlequin publishes all different kinds of romances. I mean, from the extreme right. sweet. Um, you know, the inspirational line that's more faith-based, and I have written five books for their faith-based line, you know, all the way to like the super duper duper sexy, you know, books. And I've had, mm -hmm. you know, books on, I mean, I haven't written any that are like super duper sexy, but you know, I ha I do have some books with Harlequin that have love scenes in them, um, not on purpose because I'm trying to be like super edgy when I write a love scene. It's just, you know, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it depends upon the story, you know, what is, 
you know, natural to the story. Um, I'm like a super girly girl. I love like glamour and stuff, you know, things like that. I have a series of books with them set at a jewelry store called Drake Diamonds. It's based on Tiffany and Company, you know, and those books are, you know, more high glamour set in Manhattan. So, you know, they have, you know, they have a love scene in them, whereas some of the sweeter books set in Alaska don't. So it just kind of, you know, depends upon what's natural to the story. Plus, I don't want to feel like I'm writing the same book over and over again. You know, I want to write different things. Right. So, um, but they're all, right. but they're all, they're all romantic comedies. They all have, you know, what I hope is witty dialogue, <laughs> um, and they usually all have a dog or cat or multiple dogs or cats. You know, in the in the story, just because I'm an animal lover, so I like to have those kind of characters in there. But, well, oh, but, yeah, I grew up reading. Yeah, I grew up reading, and I start. To, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I, I, I forgot. You know, the rest of the question: writing a non-Harlequin book. So anyway, yeah, the, my other yeah. books, you know, for other publishers, have all been romances or romantic comedies too, and so it's pretty much exactly the same. Um, except my books for gallery are just a little bit longer, and um, the Accidental Beauty Queen, my newest book for them, I actually wrote from first person, which is definitely different than my Harlequin books because they're all written, you know, from third person alternating point of views for the hero and heroine. And my new book for them, Accidental Beauty Queen, is written all in first person, which was really fun to do because it was a, you know, it was just, it was different. But other than that, I mean, the books are all still very similar. So the plotting is pretty much, but go on, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say, I grew up reading and I read quite a few Harlequin books and then, you know, I went into bigger books because Harlequin books seem to be shorter books, if you know what I mean, like not as many pages. Right, yes. Yes. So, um, but well, I love I mean, them. So um, I, I thank you for doing that. <laughs> oh sure. I you know Harlequin has a very devoted readership. I love writing for Harlequin because the readers are so um, loyal and they just are voracious readers. They love to read. Um, but you know Harlequin also has you know a division HQN and some other imprints that the books are longer. I mean Unleashing Mr. Darcy is a Harlequin book and it's it's a longer title. So um, they have, you know, books all across all, all different ends of the spectrum. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, you know, that Harlequin is more than just what some people stereotype it to be because I think a lot of times that's that's kind of a misnomer. People don't understand that there are so many different divisions to Harlequin that make it what it is, you know, the great publishing company that it is. And so many great books have come out of Harlequin too, you know. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, I mean, um, and, and so, I, I always no, targeted ahead. Harlequin. I always targeted Harlequin because their their brand name. I mean, their brand is synonymous with romance. And I was like, if I'm going to write romance, I want to write it for the best publisher. I want to write it for the best romance publisher out there. And you know, that's just you know Harlequin's reputation because they've been doing it for years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think people just, you know, think of the old fashioned bodice ripper type Harlequins, you know, from the seventies and I'm like, no, they've, <laughs> they've evolved. There's more to it than that. So yeah. <laughs> well, one thing I'm curious about is you've mentioned several different settings for some of the books that you've written and are these destinations that you've actually traveled to where you could actually glean and go, Hey, you know, this would make for a great book series or a book. Or do you really, if you haven't been to a location that's in your books, do you do a lot of research to kind of get a feel for it before you write about it? 
Um, I'm trying to think. I, I'm pretty sure, unless one pops in my head afterwards, um, I, that I've never written a book that's set somewhere that I haven't actually been. I mean, I've been every single place I've ever set a book. Um, I mean, I know you obviously you can write books set places that you haven't been, and it requires a lot of research. But just going there kind of makes it more, you know, real to me and easier to mm-hmm. write it. Um, I, 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 I just happen to like to travel a lot i like to travel a whole lot and um the past few years have been great because i've been invited to book festivals all over the world i'm going to one in paris next april i went to one in paris last year um i've been to one in london i'm going to london again i've been on a writing retreat to scotland and so um it's been great because the writing has really opened up doors to go to a lot of different places and then in turn i get inspired by those places you know to write new material um so uh, but, you know, I, I, like I said, I really like to travel, so I get inspired when I go places. But I think that, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've never – that every book I've written has been set somewhere that I've actually been. Oh, that is so awesome. I mean, and, you know, you have the best job in the world, really, when you think about it, um, because you get to travel, you're writing, you know, all these great things that come about in, you know, in your mind. You put the idea to paper, and next thing you know, it evolves into a story, and uh, wow, what a charm life, you know? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's really nice. And, um, yeah, like my, my goal, my dream someday is to, like, move to a foreign country for, like, three to six months and write a book set there from start to finish. So um, that would be really fun. But right oh, now, yeah. my son lives in my son lives in Korea. He lives in Seoul. He teaches English, and um, so uh, yeah, our next trip is to Seoul. My husband and I are going in there uh, this fall to visit him for a week. So that'll be really fun. Oh wow, that's so nice. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that I I think probably most everybody in this world has grown up wanting to do but can't actually do or wasn't able to do for some reason or another. And uh yeah, you're living the life, girl. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, I will say there have been um, many trips where I've been flying overseas trying to finish a book on the plane while I'm on the way. So it's not like I'm just like jetting all over the place, not working. But yeah, so well, working too, but, um, but, but I'm of very course. fortunate to get to that. I've gotten to see a lot of the world, and I love it. I just love it so much. I just you know I love it. it makes especially you know, it just makes the world seem like a smaller place, and you can relate to people from other countries, and it's great. Oh, most well, definitely. I'm sure it gives you inspiration too. You know, when you're writing, so that helps a lot. I would have no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, for I sure. wanted to say that I absolutely, you know, you've got a million fans, of course, of unleashing Mr. Darcy and marrying Mr. Darcy, and Ryan PV was perfect for the role. What was it like to see your books come to life on the Hallmark movies? Well, that was crazy because Unleashing Mr. Darcy was my very first movie. Um, I've had three Hallmark movies now, and I have another one in development. So, um, But Unleashing was the first one, and I was completely stunned when my agent called to tell me that it had been optioned by Hallmark Channel. I had no idea that it was even being discussed. So I was very, very shocked. And I started crying because I was so happy. I mean, that's pretty much every writer's dream 
is to see their book, you know, be made into a movie. And I'm a longtime Hallmark Channel fan. I've watched all their Christmas movies and stuff for years. I mean, way before I became involved with them professionally. So it was just a total dream come true. And, um, you know, my very first question when my agent told me that it was happening was, can I go to set? Can I go to, can I please be on set to visit, you know, during part of the filming? Because I just couldn't even imagine that happening far away and not, not being able to be there and see part of it. So um, that was really important to me. And I was really, I've been on set for all of my movies for only like two to three days, but still, they usually bring me out there for like the big, pivotal scene so um unleashing mr darcy i was there for the big ballroom scene when grant markham shows up you know and causes the big stir and then um Mm -hmm. lizzie and darcy kiss and uh it was crazy i guess i i wish i could it's hard for me to even put it in words because it's so bizarre because you know writing is a profession where you live in your head a lot you know everything is really taking place in your imagination and um and you just you know you think a lot every you know it's all going on in your head and to actually go somewhere and see something that's been just living inside your head this whole entire time become like an actual thing with real people walking around and and on a movie set is very crowded there's a ton of people on the crew and, there, and there's the cast and then there's the beautiful setting and and then I would look and there's Frances Fisher who was in Titanic and I'm like what is she doing in my movie this is crazy oh, I mean it was just yeah. it was really um it was really over overwhelming but in a good way it's a very surreal experience and I loved it and um you know there's a lot of waiting around when you're on a movie set while they change camera positioning and all that and at one point, you know, my I remember my producer turning to me on the first day of Unleashing Mr. Darcy when I was there, and she said, I told you it was going to be a lot of waiting around, Terry. I hope you're not bored. And I was like, are you crazy? If any of this ever <laughs> bores me, you can just, like, dig a hole in the ground and put me in it because, I mean, how jaded would I have to be? So, um, right. yeah, I, I don't find it boring in the slightest. I love it. So it's wonderful. I, mean, that I do. I wish, a, every, I wish every writer could experience it because it's, it's such just, a great experience. I mean, if you think about it, you're just drinking in every single moment, and and really that's an experience where you just truly live the moment. And at the same time, yes. you're probably saying this is so surreal. I mean, here this was an idea in my head. Now it's, I'm watching this all be filmed. <laughs> you know, um, how cool could that yes. be? Yes, um, it is and, nuts. And, you know, and, they're, and they're saying things uh, that you wrote, and you're like, oh, my God, wait. I just thought, oh, my God, did you hear him? He just said that, and I wrote it, you know. <laughs> so weird well so, now yeah, you mentioned that your agent called you and told you that it, the movie was being option or the book was being optioned by hallmark now how did it get to the mm-hmm. point of hallmark even finding out about your book did you have to submit a manuscript to them or how did that happen my agent did it um i have a really great agent her name is elizabeth winnick rubenstein and um my literary agency is the second oldest agency in the country. They represent like John Steinbeck and a bunch of, you know, estates of some really wonderful novelists. Um, I'm not sure how I like eked in there, <laughs> but I'm kidding. My my agent um, is a big dog lover. So that's kind of how we connected to begin with. Aww. But um, yeah, so Unleashing Mr. Darcy, uh, she had a t- television producer who is a really longtime family friend of hers. And her name is Sidel Albert. She's my she's been the executive producer on all my movies. And I think Liz just asked Sidel to pitch it to Hallmark Channel. She said, I have this project that one of my writers did and I think it would be great for Hallmark Channel. Would you please pitch it to Hallmark? 
um, because Hallmark Channel does not have, like, I mean, you can't just, like, send them your book and ask them to make it into a movie. They have to be approached by a producer. So, um, mm-hmm. Uh, so Sadell did. Now she had never worked with Hallmark Channel ever. She did a lot of like true crime type movies. So Unleashing mm-hmm. was our first movie, was our, the first Hallmark movie for both of us. And now she's worked on a couple of other Hallmark movies that I haven't been involved with, and then you know all of mine. So um, it worked out really great for Sadell also because now she has a really good relationship with Hallmark Channel. Oh yeah, that sounds like just a win-win for everybody involved. And of course. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't know who's the biggest winner in this because the fans of those movies alone, I mean, people love Hallmark, as you know. And yes. I don't know. And Hallmark in, in recent years, they have really stepped it up in terms of casting and sets and across the board. And it's a really magical experience when you're watching Hallmark. Um, and, you know, and, and I've seen this so many times on social media, and I know you have too as well as Pam, but, you know, you see people writing all the time, fans, and they'll go, oh, if only real life was like the Hallmark, you know, like it is on Hallmark. Mm-hmm. And and true, and, and, you know, it's a great escape, but it's a it's a wholesome, positive escape, you know, um, which really does take you out of, you know, the reality of what we deal with on a day-in, day-out basis, and, and then just get to see great movies like Unleash Mr. Darcy and Marry Mr. Darcy. I mean, those are just, you know, and then to see who's in them. I mean, what an an incredible experience that had to have been for you. Um, I know it's a great experience for the fans, but for you as the writer of, of the book and, and to have it come to fruition in so many ways. And it keeps happening, you know, which is often for you. I know, I know, I know. I can't believe it keeps happening. I, mean, I really can't. Because, <laughs> I mean, with Unleashing, I kept saying, oh, you know, I, when, the, when the movie came out, I had a big party in my hometown. I rented out a movie theater and invited 100 people to come watch it, you know, all my friends. And we had a big party. We had like a red carpet and everything, and we all got really dressed up because I was like, when am I? When else am I ever going to have another movie? This is like a once in a lifetime thing. And then it happened again, and it happened again, and now it's happening again. And I'm like, what is going on? This is my life now. I like have movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do. Like I told you before, I've always been a really big fan of Hallmark Channel. I love their programming. Um, one of my favorite things is when people tweet me or send me pictures on social media of their entire family watching it and saying, you know, three, four, four, four generations all watched your movie tonight. And they'll send me a picture of, like, grandma and mom and the little kids. And I just, I love that. I love that, oh, it, wow. you know, that, that, that's, that that's the thing that's happening. And, um, I mean, the Hallmark channels are, the Hallmark Channel movies are, Hopeful, when that's kind of the same message as romance novels. I mean, um, there's a, a writer named Damon Swade who calls it the literature of hope, and that's exactly what it mm-hmm. is. And I feel like that's kind of what Hallmark movies are. Also, that's what they have in common. Um, oh, and yeah. I just, I, I love it. I love being part of putting a positive message out in the world, whether it's you know in book form or movie form. I think that's an important thing. And um, I know a lot of people say rom-coms or those kind of movies or books are just light and fluffy. And I'm like, well, what could be more important than putting out a positive message into the world? Right. You know, I think that we need it and right the world, now. I'll tell you, the world needs it, and, and there's not enough of it. Um, you know, right. So, And I honestly think that that is one of the biggest factors as to why Hallmark Channel has just exploded in popularity because people are, are thriving you know, for that, they're really hungry for that message of hope um, in whatever exactly that it comes out, you know. Um, so it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. And I know that you're just 
honored and blown away to be part of it. And which brings me to my next question. Um, you know, for all the movies that that have been done um, for Hallmark that you've been involved with, have you had any involvement in the screenwriting process? Have you done any screenwriting, or do you just, you know, the books you've written the books and they just take it and run with them? Um, I have not. I've never written a screenplay. I don't know how. Um, at some point, that's something that I would like to learn. I'd like to write one. Just, I mean, not not with the aim. Well, I mean, of course, if someone bought it, that would be great. But I would just like to write one as an experiment to try and figure out how to do it. It's a much different process than writing a book. Um, in a novel, you can be inside your character's heads a lot and have a lot of what they're thinking, and you can't really do that, you know, in a movie because you're not inside their mind um so it's a completely different style of writing um the only the only time i've even come close to having any involvement with the screenplay was with um marrying mr darcy because it's not based on a book um it's a sequel you know based on unleashing which you know was based on my book unleashing mr darcy there are some elements in marrying mr darcy from the original book you know not just the characters but like the proposal is very similar to a scene from Unleashing Mr. Darcy. Um, but I kind of like helped the producer brainstorm ideas for the book, and we kind of wrote like a story treatment synopsis kind of thing to sell to the network. And then um, once they decided, you know, once the Hallmark Channel decided they wanted to do the sequel, they hired some screenwriters. And, of course, even I think that even most of the ideas that we put forth, um, they, they changed, you know, in the screenwriting process. But, you know, I did have some input into the story. But that's that's really the only time I've been involved in the screenwriting process at all. The other times well, they just take your book and turn it into a, into a screenplay. And and that's perfectly okay with you. <laughs> that is okay with me. As well, yeah. you know? um, it, it, that has just got to be the most surreal thing, as we mentioned earlier. And and also, when one other thing I wanted to ask is when you were on set, did you actually get to meet the, any of the cast that was starring in the movies? Or were you just kind of in the background, just kind of watching and taking it all in? Oh, no, I know the cast really well. Yeah, I know all of them. Um, yeah, because – and they're all so lovely. Like, on every set I've been to, that was one of the things that really blew me away is because, um, you know, they all want to come meet me and, you know, and would thank me for writing the book because, you know, they, everyone everyone in the cast, I think, on Unleashing in particular. At first, I mean, I specifically remember because it was I was so taken aback by that. I wasn't expecting it. You know, they would say, thank you so much for writing the book. You're the reason why we're here. None of us would be here if it weren't for you. And um, oh, wow. I mean, I think almost every one of them said that to me. And so it was fabulous. And I, I mean, in, when I was, I have another Hallmark movie called The Art of Us um, starring Taylor Cole and Steve Lund. And um, even one day on set there, I mean, Steve just had everyone, he, he just said, I want to take a few words, you know, and he just was like talking to everyone on set, the crew and everyone. He's like, I just want to make sure everyone knows that Terry's here and this this movie is based on a book and everyone should go read it and it was yeah it's nuts um but they're all very <laughs> nice gracious lovely people and um so yeah I know them and when I was on set for marrying Mr. Darcy though was the first time I got to meet the dogs because when I was there for unleashing the days that I was there for filming none of the dogs were on set because um they it was all the ballroom scenes so I got mm-hmm. to meet the dogs for the first time when I was on set for marrying Mr. Darcy, and I was so emotional about it, I cried, because I think I told you the inspiration for the book originally was my dog, Bliss. Um, uh-huh. So I have a real dog named Bliss who looks just like the Bliss in the movie, and so it was just so Aww. 
strange meeting the dogs and I was just like, oh gosh, this, because all of this happened just because I, you know, wanted to write a cute rom-com about my dog Bliss and now there's dog actors playing my dog Bliss in the movie and it was just so weird. So when I finally got to meet Tika, the dog that plays Bliss, I hugged her and started crying and I mean, Tika was just looking at me like, what's wrong with you lady? But, um, so yes, I've met, I've met all the cast down to the dogs. So yes. <laughs> oh, that is so amazing. I mean, that is that mm-hmm. is just really wonderful. And you know, because this is the thing that you know, is is Pam and I, you know, we're privy to these behind the scenes. That, but the viewers, when you're watching these movies, you don't. A lot of times, you just you're watching the movies and you don't realize all the behind the scenes stuff that it took to make this become a movie. And and the actors are and casting crew are so correct. As if you hadn't read the book, we there would not be, you know, these great movies out there that everybody loves. And so we thank you for that, especially, um, because they are awesome movies indeed. All of your movies, I mean, everything that they've done, and that's why when you mentioned earlier about a Christmas movie um, that's going to be coming out, I was just like, oh, yes, you know, um, I'm such a a huge Christmas fanatic, and um, Pam is not so much, so we're complete polar opposites in that way, in all fun, though. (laughs) But, but yeah, so that's exciting. But I want to talk about, we're going to shift gears, if you don't mind. I have to talk mm-hmm. to you about your brand-new book that is coming out in December, Accidental Beauty Queen. I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. briefly about what the plot entails. But um, without giving too much away, can you give us a little more mm-hmm. um, insight on this? Sure. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm so excited about this book. Because it was so much fun to write. I mean, um, you know, books are always difficult. It's a marathon because you have to work on it a little bit every day. And there's always a point in every book where you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, things kind of slow down. You kind of have to figure out what you're doing. The Accidental Beauty Queen is the only book I've ever written to where every single day when I sat down to write it, I knew exactly what I was going to write, and it went like clockwork. I mean, it was just the easiest thing to write. So, um, and that made it really fun. And it was just, you know, it has a lot of hijinks in it. So that was really, it was a really fun book. But what um, what my editor likes to say is that it's a mix-up of The Parent Trap meets Miss Congeniality, which sounds super fun. Um, oh, because yeah. I have a, uh, yes, I have a, my heroine, you know, the main character in the book is a, a is an elementary school librarian named Charlotte, and she's an, she has an identical twin named Jenny, and Jenny is an Instagram famous beauty pageant contestant, and she has entered this pageant called Miss American Treasure every single year trying to win the top crown um, because their mother uh, won the Miss American Treasure pageant years ago, and their mother has since passed away. So Jenny's been trying to capture that crown, you know, her whole life to so she can, you know, have the same crown that her mom won. Um, and now in the book, she's 29 years old. It's her last shot at the pageant. And right before the pageant preliminaries, um, she has an allergic reaction and her face swells up. And so she's stuck. You know, she can't, you know, her face is swollen and she can't compete. So she begs her twin sister to take her place just for the preliminaries for the first couple days until her face gets better and she can be in the finals. So that's the premise for the book. But all sorts of um, all sorts of hilarious things happen, and I'm not gonna. I can't. I don't want to give any more away. But it's oh, really no, fun. Don't please so don't. It's, um, it's, yeah, <laughs> only because you know, I, everyone needs to be in suspense because just to hear you describe what you have, 
It sounds like a phenomenal book. And I'm thinking the whole time you're describing it, this is a Hallmark movie in the making. This has to become a Hallmark movie. Um, only because I could just see it being played out on screen, and it would be so, so enjoyable. And um, and let's just say, hypothetically speaking, if it become it were to become a Hallmark movie, who do you think would play would be great in the lead role, or the two twins? I mean, they have so many great actresses on Hallmark, and I've got a couple that come to mind. But um, who would you think would be a great fit? Oh my gosh, that is, you like really put me on the spot. I haven't even thought about that. Um, gosh, <laughs> well, they they have red hair um, in the book, so I would love to have a redhead. I'm trying to think. Oh, I know. Oh, you know what? I know. I, oh. I tell you what, we'll say it because I know Pam's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Um, okay, we'll say it. That you won't have to. How about that? Um, okay. I'm thinking Alicia Witt would be perfect in this role. Oh, I do love Alicia, Alicia Witt. Witt. I was also thinking um, Jen Lilly, though. I really like her. Oh, that was going to be my hair. answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Either, either, either I mean, yeah, I could totally see Jen Lilly um, as beauty pageant contestant. I mean, she's got those big eyes, but I do. I love Alicia Wynn. Yeah. But honestly, like, I would just love it to, to become a movie. And I've always been thrilled with all my casting. I've never been disappointed by anyone who's been cast in anything. So um, I'm sure that they would do a great job, you know, whoever got chosen. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Well, if it's on Hallmark particularly, you can't go wrong. You always know the cast is going to be phenomenal, even before you know who the cast is. If you just see the, the movie title and you know it's going to be on Hallmark, you know it's going to be good. So, um, but yeah, that would be so good. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed because I know the book itself is awesome, but I hope this becomes a movie as well for you um, down the road because that would just be great to see that on screen as well. It'd be fun. It would be a really fun movie. So we'll see. You know, <laughs> very true. Now, you do you have anything in the works, movie-wise, right now? Um, I have a fourth Hallmark movie in development. It's called Slaybell Sweethearts. It's a Christmas movie. Um, I'm not 100% sure if it will be um, going into production in time for Christmas 2018. We hope so. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure, so I don't want to say that that's happening. You know, it could be further down the road. Um, but it's called Slaybell Sweethearts. It takes place in a small town in Alaska, and the premise is um, my heroine, out of the blue, finds out at the very beginning of the story that she's inherited a reindeer farm in Alaska right before Christmas. So that's the premise of the story. And, uh, of course, she doesn't know what to do because she's never even, like, been up close to a reindeer, and she has all these you know, she has all these reindeer she doesn't know what to do with. And one of the reindeer in particular is being a little naughty and causing her some trouble. So um, that's that's the premise of that story. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really fun. Oh, well, yeah. It sounds like I, it. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just I was just saying it. It's definitely going to be a, a great movie, and I, I hope it's this year. Um, so maybe it'll be one of the thirty six between the two channels. That would be awesome. But um, but nonetheless, at least we know it's going to happen at some point. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. No matter where it is, you know, Don and I will be watching it. So mm-hmm. you know, it has Yay. to do with Christmas <laughs> movies. <laughs> And I'm sure there's a lot of other fans out there that are going to be doing that. Um, And speaking of social media, um, 
fans and of the sorts, I guess I put that wrong, but fans that you have on social media, let's put it that way. What do you love about interacting with fans? Oh, oh gosh, I love it. They're so nice. I mean, every especially especially the Hallmark fans. Well, and the readers too, like everyone. Um, I lo- I like social media. I guess my favorite thing about it is that um, you know writing is a solitary experience. I mean, you spend the majority of time working on things by yourself. I mean, the editorial process is different, obviously, because when I have a book in editing, you know, I work with my editor. But the big chunk of the work on a book is done, you know, alone. And so that's one of the things I love about social media is it's actually is an outlet to where I actually get to interact with the people who read the books and watch the movies. And it's it's just you realize that there, there are people out there, you know, enjoying all that work that you've been doing. And so um, it's really fun. I love I love talking to the readers and fans on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And um, yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it. I told you I love it when they send me pictures. I love it when people send me pictures of their dogs watching one of the movies or or they send me pictures of themselves. (laughs) Like they take selfies with the books, you know, or take pictures, you know, pictures of their TV screen when my name comes across, you know, just also people are so nice. So, um, yeah, I just, I love it. That's, I love, you know, chatting with them online. It's really fun. Well, you know, there's you can't beat social media. And I know, like, especially during the Hallmark movies, you know, there's all this live tweeting going on. The fans are so engaged. And, uh, and you know, when you can see the actors, the authors, and it's just a fun, fun time to be on Twitter and to be on social media, just interacting um, with all the people who share a common bond in this movie. Um, you know, in your case, the movie and the book. So it's, you know, it's really a cool experience all the way around. Oh no, it's like it's like being at a party. I sometimes live tweet yeah. Hallmark movies that I have nothing to do with, just because I'm one of the viewers watching it. I, I know oh, I was I in, doing a live tweet party for um, when Love on Safari was on, and also Love at Sea, the cruise ship one. I mean, I you know, oh, and yeah. I always am on Twitter during the royal movies because I love those. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I I tweet as a fan in addition to you know as an author. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got one last question for you, Um, and that is, you know, for anyone who is aspiring to become a writer, what advice would you give them? My number one advice to aspiring writers is always to read a lot Um, because I think that, you know, you can sign up for writing classes or for workshops and that kind of thing uh, to where people teach you story structures and, you know, you can learn grammar from an English class. But I think so much of writing is really done by osmosis through absorbing stories. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I'm always a big encourager of reading. I think especially in whatever genre that you're interested in, you know, read a lot of books and you'll learn, you know, what works and what doesn't. Yeah, and and that brings to mind uh, one additional question. That is, now that you are established in your career as a writer, do you ever have time to just read leisurely? Or is so much of your time taken up writing that you just don't get to do it as much as you'd like? Oh, no, I read for pleasure every single day. I mean, I have to. Um, It's just, like I said, I grew up reading, so it's always just something that I do. And so I always read for at least 30 minutes before I go to bed. Um, wow. That's just you know usually my reading time, and I usually am also also 
listening to an audio book at the same time. So um, I have that Audible app, you know, on my phone, and I plug it into my car. So whenever I'm whenever I'm driving, I'm usually listening to an audio book, and uh, and then at night, I usually read before I go to bed, or sometimes like just in the middle of the day, depending upon, you know, what's going on. I usually always have a book in my purse, but um, yeah, I'm always reading. You are the great multitasker. <laughs> You know, and, uh, and I think that's awesome because it has served you well, and um, you are incredibly talented, and it's just awesome that what you do, you do what you love, and so many people can benefit from that through reading your books and now seeing movies come to life on the Hallmark Channel, and it's just, you know, it's a wonderful position for you to be in, but it's a, it's a great gift that you've been able to give so many readers and television viewers alike, and we thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I do really, really love it. And I always say, you know, it's a pleasure. It's a privilege to be able to do it because it just makes me so happy. So it's a win-win for all of us. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Terry, we want to thank you so much for your time and just being able to, you know, you're so incredibly busy. And just to give us any part of your time is a real treat for us. And we thank you so much for that. It has been a joy speaking with you. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, guys, don't leave us yet. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Christmas Movies. That's X-M-A-S-M-U-V-I-E-S. And also like our Facebook page at Christmas Movie Spotlight. Don't forget that's spelled M-U-V-I-E-S. And follow us on Instagram at Christmas Movie Spotlight. And don't forget to check out our website, ChristmasMovieSpotlight.com. That's movies with M-U-V-I-E-S, ChristmasMovieSpotlight.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.